when I look at teams like like the Mets or the A's or, or, or the Rays where everybody just like looks like they're having a good time and chill and they're like having fun playing baseball, like the, the Yankees just like every mistake they make uh, seems so consequential that it just sort of seems to spiral. Hey everyone, welcome back to Straight A's. Today I'm joined by New York Yankees beat writer for The Athletic, Lindsay Adler. We discuss the state of the Yankees, team chemistry factor, and all things sticky stuff. With that, here's Lindsay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Straight A's. I am joined by Lindsay Adler of The Athletic. She covers New York Yankees, and the A's are playing the Yankees soon. So thank you so much for joining me, Lindsay. Yeah, I'm happy to do this. I, um, <laughs> I want to start off with something... I guess, I guess it's slightly controversial. I don't know if it's controversial anymore, but um, I want to talk about the sticky stuff situation because mm-hmm. um, at least from the ace perspective, they just saw Chad Pender yesterday get hit in the head with a pitch oh, and no. Sean Murphy was hit twice. And it was kind of a, it was kind of a interesting co- uh, correlation of events where the news came out that the league was going to be cracking down on on substances and then we saw sort of maybe what would be a result of some pitchers not being able to have a good grip on it and I'm wondering since you wrote the book on uh the the stuff on sticky stuff um what you think uh needs to be said about the policing of of sticky stuff and the advantages and disadvantages of of having it so you know I think what's really interesting is like (laughs) this is sort of to me I, I guess it's sort of like um let me think about how to describe it. So an analogy I've used is like, you know, if you give your teenager a cell phone and you let them use, use it to like read Wikipedia or whatever, um, and then you find out that they're like scrolling TikTok in class, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like, um, to me, like pictures have basically been looking at Wikipedia for 50 years, but then in the last few years, they've started scrolling TikTok in class. Now, <laughs> that sort of ignores the part where MLB wasn't sure what, I I don't think was sure what to do about them scrolling TikTok in class for a couple of years, but basically we're seeing a broad enforcement of something that I think is an, is an issue that sort of operates in two parts, you know, like sunscreen and rosin and pine tar pitchers have used forever and hitters have mostly been fine with because the, the baseball as a piece of equipment is super finicky. You know, it's like, it's harder to grip when it's cold out. They've, you know, the the baseball itself has changed over the last few years. So like there's a variation in like, you know, how well they can grip the seams. So for, I don't know, generations of pitchers um, using sunscreen and rosin and pine tar was like a way to sort of allow themselves to have sort of a standard grip on the baseball uh, under a variety of circumstances. Um, So now what they're using, now that we can understand, you know, the effect of spin and and the movement it gives pitchers on their pitches, um, in recent years, they've started looking for harder stuff and that's really where the issue lies. So what was interesting to me today with MLB, you know, releasing their memo on sticky stuff enforcement is that um, they're not going to make a distinction between like sunscreen and rosin and spider tack. And yeah. so it means that it means that sort of the way that pitchers have long understood how to have better control of the baseball is like, they're basically making them cold turkey it. And so I'm not sure what the effect is going to be. I think MLB 
hopes that um, in part, it means that pitchers don't throw at max velocity uh, as, as much, which, you know, would also help with the offense. But like, I am worried about the lack of control over the baseball and if we will see more guys getting hit. I think, you know, eventually MLB wants to have either some sort of universal sticky substance beyond rosin that pitchers can use, or they just want to have a tackier baseball. Right. Um, but they obviously don't have that right now at the point at which they are taking everything away from guys cold turkey. And um, I just really hope that we don't see uh, injuries as a result of it. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that, that's sort of my, was my initial reaction to this, which is it seems like they're pulling the rug out from under them without having anything for them to land on. And yeah. I think from what I understand, all the players have made it very clear that like, we're not really opposed to, we're not at all opposed. In fact, we need something to grip the ball. Like, you know, if it, when it gets cold at night or hot in the, in the day, there needs to be some way that the ball doesn't slip from the sweat or slip because the ball is slick. It's so it's, I think that everyone is in agreement and the hitters are in agreement that they would like pitchers to be able to grip the ball <laughs> so that yes. uh, they aren't throwing it at their face. Um, yes. And it's, and I think that what Bob Melvin has said is like, uh, give us a universal uh, substance mm-hmm. then give us something that something that is okay by you guys so that you can do something about the fact that we need to grip the ball the way that we've yes. gripped. So mm-hmm. I, I was a little bit surprised that they first uh, are policing something that, that <laughs> uh, the players have said is completely different. Like there's a complete difference between spider tack and sunscreen and rosin. Like it's, mm-hmm. It's worlds, it's worlds apart from, from what I understand. I'm not a pitcher, just what I've heard. Um, right. And then second of all, that they would make that, not make the distinction and then also just say, it's all bad and you're going to get a suspension. We don't really have a solution for you. So it just, yes. I, don't, I don't really see how it's going to go well. And I'm, I'm kind of curious as to if there's going to be any downfall or any, anything bad that happens as a result from, I think, sort of a short-sighted um, crackdown. I just, I thought that they were going to be monitoring it throughout the year, which would have given them more time to come up with a sub with a, you right. know, with a universal substance. Um, I, I don't know if like, it's like escalated in recent weeks. Like I know that they like, they did data collection and then they had an owner's meeting and the owners talked about how concerned they are about it. So like, I can see that, but like, I am just really surprised that they're like, doing this cold turkey um I'm I I mean I think ultimately like the usage of the turbo stuff needs to be cleaned up and I understand why they like you know this this can have like other effects on offense like I said like if guys are not like throwing at max velocity because they don't feel as sure of where it's going to end up um you know the, the game needs more action the game needs hitters to be able to hit but like uh yeah it's just I guess we're just in a, like a wait and see mode right now. Yeah. So you're probably very aware and uh, had to deal with the Garrett Cole situation. And by that, I mean, Josh Reddick calling him out openly for being a main abuser of the crazy spider tack, whatever he was, he's supposed to have been using according to him. Uh, what, what was it like? Um, and, and there was a clip that went out of, of, uh, one of the reporters asking Garrett Cole about it and he just kind of looked flummoxed. So I'm wondering what it's been like for you 
of the Yankee side to cover it from a Garrett Cole perspective? I think it's pretty interesting because, you know, Garrett has said, like, Garrett's explanation for that after the fact was basically that, like, he doesn't feel that, like, a Zoom press conference is, like, the right venue to discuss this, this stuff. You know, he's very involved in the union. Like, I don't think he sees much value. And, and I, I tend to agree in, like, identifying what every single pitcher uses. I mean, we're going to, I guess, as enforcement comes, we're going to find out who uses and who uses it to the most extreme. I mean, I think – you know, Josh Donaldson, he made a lot of comments about, like, how it's not just Garrett and it's a larger issue and that he is fine with pine tar. But the big thing for me that will be interesting is if, like, individual players get singled out or if uh, I guess we will do a better job of framing this as a systemic thing than it was done during the steroid scandal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way to put it because I think, I think that the steroid scandal, I mean, I, it was – I was young when this happened, so I don't really remember it, but just looking at it from a, from a post, you know, being a fan perspective, it, uh, it seems like they completely botched in terms of not really identifying the system, Mm -hmm. but sort of tarnishing the reputations of a lot of players that have were singled out and then leaving, you know, leaving the system, not intact, but sort of unchecked. So yes, that's, that's, you would think that the baseball would have learned from, that mishap and I, I mean not saying that this is the same thing or that they're they're dealing with it in an equally terrible way but uh hopefully hopefully they've learned some lessons in terms of how to attack the, the systemic issue and 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 deal with it yeah I, I think it's interesting because like we don't necessarily have evidence that like you know Garrett Cole or Max Scherzer or anyone else who's like a big name guy who's been named in this we don't necessarily have evidence that they are the worst offenders they are just the biggest names, you know, like, I think what's, I think what people are missing is like, actually, like, a lot of those guys are like, those guys are just like good pitchers to begin with. Um, And so I think, ultimately, something like spider tack is actually more beneficial to well, I mean, if we're talking about like, financial, maybe not, but like, in terms of like, having a major league career, like spider tack is more beneficial to guys who are like, you know, maybe pitchers who don't have great control, but are trying to stay on a major league roster. Um, And so I think in this enforcement, I actually think the people who are going to be, who could be affected by this the most are these sort of like fringe pitchers, because at the end of the day, like Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, uh, Trevor Bauer, those are still good pitchers who, even if they're, you know, 10% less effective, they're still better than most of the league. Whereas some guys, I think, um, have probably felt that they have needed this to, uh, to stick on a, not to, no pun intend, intended, but to, to stick on a 26 man roster. So, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Everyone's going to point to, you know, spin rates on famous pitchers, popular mm-hmm. pitchers, talented pitchers, but it's, it, it, it's a, it trickles down into some other issues or other, um, players that maybe people haven't thought of. Um, I want to transition to the Yankees just as a as a total because I'm fascinated by them <laughs> and I, I I'm sure that you are having to answer this question at all times and I'm sure that you don't have an answer because I don't think anyone has an answer for this because it just seems so baffling and befuddling <laughs> but I'm I have no idea why the Yankees are uh looking so it's it's not that they're a bad team but they're just playing bad baseball it seems. Yeah. 
And I, yeah. I'm wondering what you you watch every day. So what do you what do you notice about what the Yankees <laughs> are going through? If you could sum it up in a few words, <laughs> you know, I just, I mean, to some extent, like I've tried to identify what the hell is going on with this team. You know, there have been guys who have had individual slumps, they've had team slumps. We can talk about like individual guys, mechanics, or you know pitch selection, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, they're just like, they're a team that's like not having fun playing baseball. I never see them having fun. The, the mistakes really carry over. Like I'm sort of at a point where I'm like done trying to describe the like mechanisms of why they're not playing well. And it's just the, the team is, they, they play very tight. They're very, they seem very anxious to me. Um, I would say that the, you know, I, I've talked about it with a lot of, people you know outside of the club like what do you see going on and they're like well you know winning fixes everything and and the Yankees can turn it around and while that's true like I actually haven't seen winning fix everything for them this season like they're much more affected by their losing than they are by their winning and so it's like the wins to me seem like it's just like bringing them some relief um like they know they're not gonna have to answer hard questions at night or whatever but the losing then seems to carry over. And so when I look at teams like, I don't know, like, like the Mets or the A's or, or, or the Rays where everybody just like looks like they're having a good time and chill and they're like having fun playing baseball. Like to me, it's like the, the Yankees just like every mistake they make uh, seems so consequential that it just sort of seems to spiral. And like, I don't really know I mean, I've covered the Yankees since 2018. So like they, they were sort of inconsistent last year, but it was like a really awful COVID year. But like, you know, I, in 2019, when they were very good, it was like, they had a lot of adversity, but they had all of these like random guys, either, you know, coming in from outside of the organization or coming up from AAA and filling in for injured players. And they were just like having a lot of fun and they were really feeding off of that energy. And now right, it's like, like they're GL feeding and... off the negative energy. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I don't really know how to describe that. They're just like, sort of like in a bad headspace. But at this point, that's like all I can really point to. Like they're, a, they're, they're not a team built for fundamentals. They're not a team built for speed. Um, but there's just something, there's just something weird with the vibes. Like, I think they just have like vibes-itis basically. Yeah. That's, that's something that just on the other side of it, I've noticed about the A's is that they, they take any good bit of winning or success and they run with it. So when, and and Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's very infectious. And I think that that's an underrated point of a winning team is, usually they're just having a good time and they want to win for each other. So people might want to downplay team chemistry or downplay, um, you know, fun and the leadership that breeds fun. And mm-hmm. I think that that has a lot to do with like, if they're, if the A's are having fun and I, I, I mean, I've been covering them since 2019. So I've, I don't think I've ever seen them not have fun. Mm-hmm. But they, it just, for me, it seems like they are having way more fun this year than they have. I mean, it's just, it's just been a steadily climb, steady climb of uh, them liking each other. Cause they've been, you know, yes. they've been through a lot together. They it's for the most part, very much the same group of, of players with a few exceptions, uh, you mm-hmm. know, like not much changes year over year, which is first kind of rare for the A's and second uh, I think breeds a lot of, you know, they feel like they're an underdog and they feel like they, I don't know. They don't feel like they're an underdog. They, they feel like they're kind of playing with house money sometimes because they're uh, exactly. under 
they're under um, undercovered, I guess, or under mm-hmm. not expected to do great things. And the Yankees have the opposite issue, where it's just they they feel like they. It seems to me, from an outsider's perspective, they they are very much impacted by the the expectation of them. Yes, and that's absolutely, and that's sort of giving them tight ass a little bit. Yes, I I mean I think it's you know I think about it with like the Rays, like the Rays just don't. I mean, the Rays get a lot, the Rays sort of get disproportionate attention for the size of their market, uh, but, like, the Rays, it's, like, pretty easy and chill for them. Like, the the fans know what to expect. They expect they're going to take, like, you know, I guess underdog players and turn them into players who play to their strengths, and then, you know, when you throw that all together, it makes a pretty good team. The, the Yankees are very self-conscious of the pressure that they have, and it, like, it's something that I thought about last year, like seeing the rise of the Blue Jays, like the Blue Jays are, you know, probably maybe even still like, I don't know, a year or so away from like being a real complete contending team. Obviously their offense is like elite, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, the, it, it, that was really the thing with the Blue Jays last year was like, they made the expanded playoffs. Like they were playing with house money. There was no expectations. It was like a fun surprise. They'd like played the whole year in like a triple A stadium in Buffalo. So they were like very much just the guys who are like just happy to be here. Yeah. And the Yankees, it's like, they like players go to the Yankees to expect to win. Um, there's just, it's, it's hard to describe, but the culture is just different. And so, I think it was at the end of last year, or maybe it was the year before, like Aaron Judge said, because they didn't win the World Series, the whole season was a failure. And like, no, actually winning the World Series is really hard. Um, yeah. And feeling like just, just I, I can't imagine playing under that pressure. And I don't really blame them for playing so tight because yeah. also like, especially at the beginning of the year, like, I, I mean, fans have been really tough on them. We've been asking them tough questions. Like, but they, they also know – I don't know how much of it is, like, okay, well, the fans boo them a lot right now. You know, like, we ask them, like, why aren't you playing better? But, like, also these guys know that they're underperforming. I don't really think that there's anything I could say to a major leaguer that would make him more aware of his own underperformance than his People own, like, frustration with it. People want us to hold them accountable, it. and it's like, I yeah. don't think that they're listening to us. I don't know if – I think yeah. that you want answers. We can get you answers. I don't think we're – I don't think we can hold anyone accountable. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think fans necessarily always understand, like, how um, – how, how much, you know, performance means to these guys. Like, they're going to be – they're – at the end of the day, they're probably going to be their own – harshest critic um you know if if we're talking in matters of like fair criticism um but yeah so it's just it's I'm I'm not sure what they need right now to turn it around but like they're sort of at the point where like okay they're gonna to to get to 95 wins which I would think would be around the threshold for like the second wild card spot in the AL this year like they're gonna have to play really really well right now and I haven't seen the evidence they're capable of turning it around consistently but like at the end of the day like this is a talented roster and they could um I'm just not sure exactly what the spark will be for that so I think this is a big week for them yeah it it could be that um something at the, at the trade deadline or, or some injection mm-hmm. of, of a different player and different new blood in, in there could change it. But it seems like, and maybe this is too harsh, or I don't know if it's too harsh, but it seems like there's a failure in leadership there. It seems like it, seems like it would be the manager's job or someone's job to sort of let them 
loosen up a little bit. Just say, Mm -hmm. let's get back to enjoying baseball. Like enough of the expectations. It it just seems, it seems like a little bit of a failure of leadership to me. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how you get a bunch of guys to like basically pull out of an anxious spiral. Like I wouldn't want to be tasked with doing it, but yeah, I just haven't seen the team be able to consistent. And you know, like their hitting coach, Marcus Timms, he, he was on zoom a couple of weeks ago and he said that he's like telling these guys, like, guys, calm down. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're doing good work behind the scenes. And then you go out there and you tighten up and you're straying from your approach. And, you know, for, for hitting coach, that's more, you know, for as much heat as there is on the hitting coach when a team's not hitting, like that's more frustrating for Marcus than it is for anyone else, you know, like preparing these guys and then they go out and then they like freeze up. And so it's like, it's, I, I don't know, like earlier in the season, I joked, they just all needed to like, you know, maybe take an off day, uh, maybe get a little bit hammered and play video games and like burn off some steam. But I, yeah. I think we're past the like, you know, call of duty to fix the Yankees season um, <laughs> point. So I'm, I'm just not, it's, it's a, re, it's basically like a really interesting study and in how you get a bunch of like competitive, um, competitive guys to loosen up because I don't think they've figured it out yet. Yeah. I mean, the A's, they go on, they go on fishing trips together and, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Maybe, maybe a fishing, maybe you move off the call of duty, the drunk call of duty and just do a little fishing or something like that. Just like, yeah, the, the A's have a, not to compare the two teams, but the A's have a, have a really good way of staying loose. And it's, mm-hmm. they, they, it's because, and I think it's, it's been a big year for guys like Chris Bassett Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the starting pitchers who have been around long enough and have risen up, worked into a point where now he's the ace of the staff. And mm-hmm. he feels like, I mean, he's naturally a goofy guy. He sets the tone to be for everything to be loose and, you know, everyone's having a good time. Everyone's close and, you know, they're playing games together. So it, it kind of like, it's, it's a good mix of some of the, some good personalities rising to leadership positions and, and just setting the tone for, like, you know, chill times, chill times playing baseball. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what it feels like. Well, Shana, I got to run, but um, I'm very excited to see how this series goes because it definitely feels like these are two teams in very different spaces right now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. Very excited for the series. I'm very excited to see the compare and contrast. Thank you so much oh for my joining, gosh, Lindsay. Yes. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to Lindsay Adler for joining the show. You can follow my A's coverage all season long at San Jose Mercury News and on Twitter at Shayna Rubin. Till next time.